Hey friends, welcome back. This is Shannon Early, your hostess of Nesting with the Early Birds. And today, this episode is actually brought to you by somebody. Can you believe it? I have been partnering with MOPS, which is Mothers of Preschoolers, MOPS International, Mama Meetups, all the different mom things that go with MOPS. I'm partnering with them, guys. And they have an awesome event coming up that I'm going to. It's in Nashville, Tennessee, September 9th through 11th. There's going to be speakers, food, music, dancing. Like there's actually a mom prom, okay? There's going to be games, prizes, workshops. And I'm going to be there again, like I said, which is, you know, an awesome part. But they still have tickets on sale. And I wanted to tell you that they gave me a special promo code that you can use as my listeners to get $30 off of your ticket. Are you ready for it? So make sure that you get your pen and paper handy so I can give it to you. Okay, the promo code is 21NASH30OFF30. Again, the promo code is 21NASH30. Three zero O F F three zero, and you're going to put it all together. I'll put it in the show notes, but you get $30 off, which is going to be great. Let them know that I sent you Shannon early from nesting with the early birds. And I hope to see you there. All right, guys, thanks for coming back. And I'll be with you in just a second. Oh, Hey friends, what are you doing here? This is exciting to see you. Just kidding. Hi, welcome back. I think I'm going to officially make August like my nerd month where I basically share all my embarrassing nerdy things and the month is almost over but I still have so many more to do that hopefully if I'm keeping up with this podcast by next year you'll have a treasure trove of how weird I am. Today I wanted to talk to you guys about historical costuming. What? That sounds so lame I know but listen if you've ever watched any show before like Game of Thrones, The Witcher, shows that have like really awesome costuming. They're definitely getting their ideas from somewhere. I know that a lot of it looks like it's newly created, but maybe you're watching a show like The Patriot, right? Where it's like, okay, they need to have true 1776 style clothing on. Like it needs to be accurate. That's historical costuming. It's like you're making the character fit by putting the costume on that matches whatever they're trying to go for. I mean, you know, just like dressing up in the day. It's like, well, who do I want to be today? So, but historical costuming, I didn't even know was like a serious thing. Um, I didn't know how serious it was. Like there's literally an organization called the CSA, which is a society for historical costuming. And they are like super in to making sure that everything is super correct and that you're using the grommets the right way and you're making the holes by hand and you're sewing them this way and that way. Didn't even know it was a thing. I mean, and I was in theater for years. Like, I'm a member of the International Thespian Society. Like, I really love theater. I'm a theater teacher. I love costuming and makeup, all that stuff. But it wasn't until I told my husband I wanted to go to the Ren Fair so badly one year, the Renaissance Fair. For all of you that maybe don't know, a Renaissance Festival or a Ren Fair is something where people dress up in an approximately medieval style clothing period and they go and they're able to drink mead and hard cider. They're able to see jousting and shows and performances and fire breathers and sword swallowers. You get to see handcrafted things by artisans like leather shoes, pottery, jewelry, corsets. I mean, it's it's so much fun. I really love it. And anyways, after the first time, let me tell you, we went every year after that. 
so the first time I wanted to go, I was like, all right, like, let's like, I'm down, let's go. But I need to research first. Like, what do people wear? Because, you know, there's that feeling the first time you go to the Ren Fair of, is it going to really have, you know, is everybody really going to be dressed up or am I going to look like a fool? Like, and then you have to decide, am I going to wear a costume or am I going to just look like a person? Because that's also a really big decision. And it turns out that about 80% of people that go to a Renaissance fair will dress up. Just so you know, in advance, they dress up in some sort of way, even if it's what I don't think is historically accurate, they still do dress up some sort of way. And so as I'm looking through everything, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get some kind of Renaissance fair costume, you know, and I'm looking up the costumes online that I could buy. And they're pretty expensive. And also a lot of them look pretty cheap, you know, like unless you're going to spend a lot of money, you're going to look pretty generic. And I also wasn't really trying to go as a princess. I wanted to be like a peasant or something. Anyways, you know, because there was more peasants than princesses back then. And I'm very into being accurate. (laughs) So I look online and I see all these people that are like, ugh, someone that buys a costume online is trash. Like they have poor taste. They are completely not historically accurate. Don't even waste time looking at Like I'm telling you guys, the hate on these forums from this like the historical costumers is real. It is insane. So some people might be like, you know, I don't care. I want to dress like a fairy. I'm going to go dress like a fairy. Do it. Do you. Like, I'm not upset about what you're trying to do over there. I'm just telling you that I do not like it when people don't like me or talk about me. And if I can like figure out a way to maybe navigate that best, that's what I'm going to do. So I see like all these ways that you know, these costumes that you can buy at a store are inaccurate, right? Like maybe it's not the right time period. Maybe instead of medieval, that was really during the Reformation or whatever. And so first I looked up, you know, well, what year is this all taking place? Okay, it's in 1516. Excellent. Let me look at what people were wearing back then. And just so you know, dudes like that were rich mostly wore tights, okay? And I showed my husband, he's like, I'm not I'm not wearing tights. Like, you're going to have to figure something out. But if you see them, they've got these tights on. And then they've got these really puffy shorts-looking things that maybe go to their mid-thigh. And then they'll have, like, a vest on or some kind of, you know, breastplate over themselves and some big hat with a feather. Like, they, they look pretty intense. And my husband was like, yo, let's just pretend that we're, like, a bartender or, like, some, like, two barkeeps or something like that. So I was like, all right, cool. So I ended up hand sewing pants for my husband. I wanted to make sure that the crotch was accurate. And by the way, they didn't have zippers back then. So I had to sew this weird triangle patch shape, like the whole thing. So he basically had a corset right on his crotch, which means, you know, you have to plan your peas and your poos. You got to plan them out. And actually, if you read about it, they literally did that back in the day. They would like take a poop in the morning and then zip everything up, you know, corset it all in, and then they would go to the bathroom again at night. So <laughs> just so you know, guys. Uh, so anyways, I made him pants. I made him a shirt. And I did the thing where I made like all the holes with this special tool called an awl, A-W-L. And then I hand sewed all the holes. I ended up threading like threads in it so he could tie it a certain way, blah, blah, blah. And he looked great. And I was like, well, shoot, like now I got to do mine. You know, boys clothes are pretty simple when it's just like baggy pants and a shirt. But the girls, like they need to have the patterns on point. So I started looking at, you know, what was a historically accurate pattern from back then. And I found a couple really awesome ones. 
And again, though, like just the fabric cost, any of you seamstresses out there, you know the fabric cost is banana grams. So I ended up going after this uh, one outfit that looked more like, I don't know, it had really low cut sides and something like more of a Maid Marian style. You guys will know what I'm talking about. And as I'm telling you this, I'm realizing that I'm getting two different Renaissance festivals completely mixed up. It doesn't matter. The first one I went to, I looked awesome. I had like an underskirt and overskirt. I wore a belt and it had all these little things hanging off of it, like my leather pouch and my drink, you know, all the different things. And we had an awesome time. My boobs were on point. Let me tell you, those ladies back then, like the amount of cleavage. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> so that was my first year. But what I'm talking about now actually is my second year. I'm sorry, guys. I really just, I really go a lot. And this costume that I'm talking about was just so difficult. Why was it so difficult? Well, when I went to the store, the fabric I decided to buy was actually upholstery fabric, which is very stiff and difficult to work with, first of all. Second of all, super expensive. So there's that stress of, oh my goodness, if I measured this wrong and I cut it, I am so screwed, you know? Thirdly, what happened? Hmm. Oh yeah, I got pregnant. So here I am, I'm trying to sew this costume that I'm going to wear in a couple months, and I realize, dude, I have to make it able to fit my gigantic stomach. And by the time I went to the Renaissance Festival, my baby was due a month later, so I was giant and uncomfortable and whatever. So I handmade this beautiful dress, and I made it so that my baby bump would fit into it, like the way that I, I don't know, I let out the fabric a certain way. You'll see it. I'm going to post pictures of it. And I made this beautiful veil with this long chiffon train thing. The veil went all the way to my feet and it had this little crown like crownlet thing that I made with the same fabric. And everywhere I went, people were like, oh my goodness, where did you get your dress? Where did you get that? And I'm like, mm -hmm, I made it. <laughs> the pride when people run up to you and tell you like how awesome you look, guys, is just, I love it. I love it. And actually, the first year that I went, I ended up making um, a handmade cloaks. And so I gave my husband and I each a hooded cloak, just something that was like a traditional, nothing super fancy, no super special lining in it, just these beautiful blue cloaks, right? And we're wearing them and like, we feel pretty cool. We have them hooked around our neck. And as we walk, they're flowing behind us. You know, like any of you that have worn a cloak, you know what I'm talking about. You feel like a boss. And all of a sudden this rainstorm comes, right? And all the people start hiding underneath different tents and they go into the stores and the shops and they're like hiding underneath these awnings. Dude, my husband and I, we put our hoods up and we started just walking through that mud and we felt like we were in some sort of like transportation device back into time and we're walking around and there's not that many people. And then people start running up to me saying, where'd you buy that cloak? I need one. And I was like, sorry, I made it, man. This one guy offered me $300. And looking back, like, I probably should have taken that because no one's ever going to offer me $300 for a cloak again. But, man, this is the feeling of being like, yeah, we have a cloak on and you don't. And everybody loves it. It's a pretty good feeling. <laughs> you can tell I'm super duper humble about it, too. But I don't know, guys. Like, it's just one of those things that I really enjoy. You know, it's really hard work putting all that effort into it. And there's so much planning. And with sewing something, like the sewing part is super fun. But you don't actually get to sew forever. 
there's like all these angles and measurements and you got to get the yardage of your fabric right and you got to cut it on the on the grain and you got to put it on the right side and the wrong side I'm telling you guys it's bananas and then you finally get it together after all this time all this different work that you put into it and you realize you know you look awesome nobody else in the world has this costume it is just you it is made just for your size it's just your style I mean everything about it is just so neat and you get to go and parade yourself in it you know it's basically like a big costume party with everybody and you get to go show up off your new creation and it's so exciting to tell people yeah man I made this with my own hands you know it's really cool so I don't know if you've ever done any costuming kind of things like that or sewing things like that, but I really encourage you to do it. Maybe you just want to sew clothes for yourself. You know that feeling when you're like, nothing fits, nothing is in my style, everything's too expensive that I like, I don't want to get a cheap thing that I'm going to throw away after the first wash. Well, that's the time, girls, to start sewing. Just go get a pattern. Try it out. There's so many patterns that you can get. Like walk into Hobby Lobby, go into the fabric section. They've got these gigantic file cabinets full of patterns for you to use. And it's pretty simple as long as you follow the directions. But I will say there's a big learning curve on even understanding the directions in the first place. A lot of the times I was like, what in the crap are they even talking about right now? I have no idea. But I really encourage you to do it. I'm going to put some pictures up of my uh, amazing Renaissance stuff. I'll actually use one of them as the main photos for this episode. But you got to do it, guys. You got to try. You know, if you don't try it, you're not going to know if it's even going to work well for you or not. And I know that it can seem kind of daunting to take on this like new hobby, this new task, or to really even put the money into it. But if you have any kind of interest at all in it, you should really check it out. And again, the CSA or the Costuming Society of America is really cool. I know that there's haters on there about people that don't do things accurately, but check out their website. They actually have all all this, you know, literature that they put out about different time periods and what people would wear. And it's actually really helpful. And I did want to remind you guys that you are special and important. And let's talk about the great seamstress in our lives. Seamster? I don't know. What's a male seamstress? But you guys, it's God. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. He made you out of his own hands. You are a unique creation. You are something that he is so proud of. Think about it. I just told you that all that work that I put into those outfits, right? And then the pride I had when I got to show them off and wear them. That's the way God feels about you guys. That's exactly the same way because you're his creation and he thinks you're beautiful. So remember, guys, God totally loves you all the time, and he's there for you all the time, and he cares about you, he created you, and he loves you. All right, guys, that's it for the show today. Remember, you can find me on Facebook slash Nesting with the Early Birds. You can find me at nestingwiththeearlybirds.com. You can send me an email, nestingwiththeearlybirds at gmail.com. And remember, early is spelled E-A-R-L-E-Y. Thanks so much, guys. I'll see you next time. 